0: Welcome to season two of the Bigger Than You podcast, your go-to weekly podcast that blends energetics and mindset to help you do whatever it takes to bring your vision to life whilst having fun on the way. I'm Jenna Holloway, your host and multi-award-winning intuitive hypnotherapist and mindset coach. My purpose is to help mission-led business owners and visionaries who want to inspire change by leading the way in a space that otherwise may feel unnerving and too difficult. This is Bigger Than You. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again. Today, we have an incredible speaker. I cannot wait to share her knowledge and wisdom with you. Abby Lemon is a brand strategist turned coach and mentor for multi-passionate ADHD entrepreneurs. She's also diagnosed ADHD herself. And Abby pivoted from her six-figure strategy agency in 2019 to focus on helping people in business choose joy every day as they use the brilliance effect to grow their business, unlock their energetic potential and create a truly aligned way of working. Abby is very much on my wavelength in terms of the intangibles, shall we say, because I don't like the word woo, but she still loves the science behind what she does too, very much like me. Her background is in psychology, strategy and acupuncture and is endlessly fascinated by neuroscience and the human energy field. Oh, we have so much to talk about, Abby. Welcome. Hi, it's so lovely to be here, Jenna. So what's coming to me first of all is the whole ADHD thing, because I know that, like my radar. So everybody's radar is very different. So as soon as something becomes relevant to somebody, as in, so as soon as they start to notice something, it goes on this this filter in the mind. It's called the reticular activating system. So it goes on this filter in the mind, and because something is suddenly relevant to you, suddenly you start seeing and hearing about it everywhere. But honestly, it seems like so many entrepreneurs that I know and am aware of have ADHD. So I don't know if that is like happening everywhere or whether it's just my personal filter, but is it something that you've recently been diagnosed with or have you known about it for a long
1: time? Let me tell you my story. And I think it's a bit of both. I think it is a bit of the the reticular activating system. I think it's a bit of that, you know, that kind of filter of looking out for stuff. And I think actually, I think diagnoses of women, especially there's a hundred, I think 800% more women or adult women being requesting diagnosis and putting themselves forward for diagnosis so it's a bit of all of that really mixed in Mm. together but my diagnosis I was diagnosed last year probably about this time and via my university because I'm currently studying a master's and as part of that they have an educational psychology team who assess for learning difficulties disability all of that stuff so I have long suspected I had ADHD that has been exacerbated hugely in perimenopause And they obviously confirmed that diagnosis. I got the diagnosis of that and also dyspraxia, which did not come as a surprise to me. Having had the symptoms of ADHD, which I didn't know about for, well, all of my life, it's something, it's a neurodevelopmental condition that you have since you're a child. You don't just suddenly get ADHD or develop it in adulthood. If you haven't had those symptoms for your entire life, or at least, you know, those underlying things, and. it's not ADHD and it's possibly something else, you know, psychological or or psychiatric or whatever. So, So that's my kind of ADHD diagnosis. Now, with regard to why a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, have ADHD, I think one of the things that ADHD has have is this kind of, we are risk takers. We are not afraid to, you know, we have, often have so many ideas that we never action on. We have this kind of energy and this drive like a motor to kind of keep going. And I think when you look at some of the traits of entrepreneurs, you know, you have to be prepared to take risks. You have to be, you know, seek out that dopamine of the highs and the lows. And, you know, it's that excitement and that kind of non-generic or non-normal in quotation marks way of working is very attractive to those of us who are entrepreneurs. And also, I mean, when I worked in corporate, which I did for a number of years of many, most of my working life, it was awful. It was horrific. I was so stressed and anxious about the way that you were managed, the the things I couldn't get right, because I'll go into a bit more of the symptoms of ADHD in a minute, but very much showing the signs of ADHD, but just not realizing and just thinking that I was a bit of a crap human. Yeah. for not being able to do the humaning like I was supposed to like everybody else was and I a lot of ADHD has actually go through horrific burnout and that's part of their journey to an ADHD diagnosis and that mm-hmm. very much was the same for me as well and actually I believe I was misdiagnosed around the time of my burnout by the psychiatric team because I was really really not well with depression and they diagnosed me with bipolar 2 and tried to treat that and everything else but I don't believe that I'm bipolar. I don't have those symptoms. I've never like had a, you know, a break from reality or anything like that. None of the treatment for bipolar sort of helped me. And in fact, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't I believe that was wrong and it was just the sheer emotional stress of being undiagnosed ADHD and having this emotional stuff going on in my life. I'd had a spinal operation. There was just loads of stuff going on that just led to this situation. Which was, I believe, to be this undiagnosed ADHD, which gives you an idea of how the symptoms can really, really affect you. And I think anybody who says, "Oh, it's a bit of a trend and it's not really real," I challenge you to go through some of the stuff that me and a lot of other people with ADHD have mm-hmm. been through with who we yeah. are. dismissive. It is very dismissive. It is, you know, and I. A lot of people describe it as a superpower, and. It is sometimes, but I'd say the majority of it is just bloody difficult trying to it's like being a superhero in a normal world where you know your superpower isn't necessarily looked at as being a really good thing. So yeah. (laughs) yeah. But it's great, isn't it, that you're
0: here talking about it and it is so much like where we're heading is awareness and not stigmatizing and being celebrated and when you have your own business, I mean, I'd love to hear your take on this, but you don't have to fit into a box when you're in corporate. You have to do it a certain way. But when you're yeah. your business, owner, you can create your own rules, can't you? Does that help? Yes.
1: It does help. And, you know, one of the reasons I pivoted from the other side of my business, the, strate- the strategy agency, was I realised that I left corporate completely burnt out, depressed, all of the stuff decided, right, I'm going to work. This is it. Now I'm going to build a business for myself. And I took all of the stuff I knew from corporate. So, you know, the way that I worked, getting loads of clients, taking on loads of jobs, just not saying no to anything. And it just led to burnout again. And it wasn't until really the end of 2019, when I was working with like multi-million pound companies, I was, you know, going and presenting to leadership teams about brand strategy and all this stuff and getting really, and I just thought, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I literally cannot do this anymore. And then lo and behold, a couple of months later, pandemic happened, which gave me that. And and everybody stopped paying me basically. And I was like, oh, okay. So now I need to do something a little bit different. So I actually went back to uni, finished my acupuncture degree, which had been a bit of a bane that I'd never finished it because being an ADHD -er, serial non-finisher of things, went back and finished that thinking, oh, maybe I want to do something with that. And actually that wasn't the case. I found I was holding space for every single one of my clients emotionally, talking about Mm. their trauma. You know, I was in clinical practice for a year. I wasn't just treating a bad shoulder with, you know, or treating a a knee injury or a bad back. It was all emotional, repressed trauma and everything being stored in the body. Mm. And that's when I realized this is what I want to do. I don't want to be a trauma therapist, but what I do want to do is help people to move to the next level with their business and and not just because it's a business thing you know because my background is obviously brand business and brand strategy but because as an as entrepreneurs our business is almost like this horrific journey of self development amazing journey of self development should i say yeah. and it is it's a journey of something that you can't even explain to somebody else unless you're, you're on it yourself. It's amazing. It's wonderful and exciting. So from pivoting my agency to kind of realising I wanted to coach and support, you know, I've been doing a lot of coaching anyway, but I realised that was the, what I wanted to focus on. And the reason that I kind of really turned to... ADHD entrepreneur specifically is when I have my own diagnosis, I looked around at all of my one-to-one clients, my group clients, and every single one of them, I'm not even joking, apart from one, had either diagnosed or suspected ADHD. This is what I do. I support other ADHD entrepreneurs. And why am I not explicitly telling people that's what I do? Why am I kind of hiding that? So that was when I pivoted last year and really kind of started just focusing on my fellow ADHD trailblazing entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. Oh, so, so amazing. I, I just love everything about that answer. I want to go back to the acupuncture thing where you said you were treating physical problems, but actually under, it wasn't the physical problem, it was the emotional problem. And this has come up in one of my group coaching calls this week. Your body is always communicating with you. And if we do not do our own emotional healing, you're just going to come up in your body. And one of the most common, most obvious ones is a sore throat, isn't it? If, if not, not anybody, but like if somebody I'm coaching tells me they've got a sore throat, my next question will be, is there anything that you're not saying in your life? Mm -hmm. Is there something that you are not communicating anywhere in your life? And chances are the answer is yes. And that throat shackle is blocked and it manifests as a sore throat. We've had a call before, haven't we? Where we had Mm -hmm. like a coffee and a shackle and I pulled out my Louise Hay book. You can heal your yeah. life, and in that, like by the way, guys, if you haven't read that book, it's amazing. Louise Hay, you can heal your life, and in it, it's got a glossary of stuff that manifests physically in the body. What your body is basically trying to tell you is wrong, so that you can mm. heal it and move forward. But yeah, so you helping other women in your situation, being that support for them, helping them to get the best from themselves and celebrate who they are rather than trying to hide it is just so, so perfect.
1: Absolutely. And I think as ADHD is specifically, it's linked to a lot of people pleasing because we've been trying to, especially as women, we've tried to fit in and mask us, you know, who we are. So people pleasing, which leads to kind of self-worth issues very commonly, which leads to things like, there's something called rejection sensitive dysphoria, which Mm -hmm. is basically a distorted view that we are either think we're going to be rejected, we are being rejected, we perceive that we might be rejected, or that possibly, you know, even in the very, so that it's this real sensitivity and this distorted kind of view of rejection that cuts us to the, you know, cuts ADHD as to the core. And I know lots of very sensitive, highly sensitive people are the same, but I think with ADHD, because we're masking and everything else we don't show that side of us so that gets pushed down as trauma Mm -hmm. as well and there is a lot that links chronic pain conditions like me and fibromyalgia i myself have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. as well migraine you know all of this stuff is linked to emotional suppression which again in Mm -hmm. turn from a neuroscience perspective affects the dopamine pathways affects the synthesis and reuptake of that particular neurotransmitter and, and others are involved so it's, you know, there is like a, a scientific kind of link, but between the emotional stress and the way the body responds to it as well. Another amazing book is The Biology of Belief. And it's mm-hmm. lipped and and that again talks about cellular regeneration, like from through the mind and how emotions are stored and how we can kind of heal ourselves through our self-development and our, our emotional regulation and things like that. So
0: Yeah. That thing about rejection is so interesting. I didn't know that. But what I do know and would want to share, because, you know, some of the listeners might not know that this, but the human brain, like every human brain has this filter. And this is why why I talk about creating your reality, because your perception is what is influencing the reality you're experiencing, Mm. because your subconscious mind is taking in everything around you and is filtering it so that your conscious experience is a very, very tiny proportion of what you've actually taken in, but it's all subconscious so you don't realize it. And through that process of filtering, your brain will literally distort, delete, and generalize information to fit the inner belief system that you have, which has been programmed in through your childhood. So for example, yeah, if you believe that you are not worthy of Insert anything. If you're not worthy of something, then you will literally never ever see an opportunity mm. that will be good for you. Even if it's totally perfect for you, you'd never allow yourself to see it or go for it because you're filtered. The, sub- the thing that your subconscious mind is doing is looking for evidence of what you believe about yourself and about your place in the world, and it literally distorts, deletes, and generalizes information to show you what you believe is true.
1: Absolutely, but on the positive side of that, there is this other thing called, which you you will know about, neuroplasticity, where mm. actually you can change that subconscious belief, yeah. which I know is, is the work you do, and which you know. So those neural, well worn neural pathways can be can be changed with the yeah. the right work and things as well. Which yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, is really absolutely. Cool. It's not, like it's not comfortable. It's not a comfortable journey for people to go on, is it? So
0: <laughs> no, it's not. But it is incredible, isn't it? Once you've oh, done worth, the work. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so if somebody's listening and they potentially have ADHD but they don't know it, what kind of signs and symptoms might they be experiencing that could potentially mean that they do have ADHD?
1: Okay, so we are well beyond the kind of traditional thoughts about ADHD that affects boys, and they're the ones running around loops in the in the playgrounds, and they're you know um, bouncing off the walls and naughty and all this stuff. That's the kind of stereotype of ADHD. And yes, lots of kids who are like that are also ADHD and carry that forward into later life. So if I can speak from my own experience, if you're a woman, for example you probably wouldn't have experienced ADHD in exactly the same way. But what you might have experienced is daydream a lot, daydreaming a lot as a child. You know, maybe you talk too much, maybe you're told you talk too much and you don't shut up in class and you're not paying attention in class and you perhaps could do better in your exams because you don't work very hard or, you know, so those kind of signs as a child and to a, a bit more of a degree than just the you know just kind of every now and then so if that was a really repeat occurrence for you that could be a sign in adulthood it shows as brain fog forgetfulness untidiness losing your keys repeatedly over and over again putting things back in the wrong places so that kind of forgetfulness finding that you interrupt people a lot and you really struggle not to interrupt somebody when they do it, like a pause, for example. Um, and a funny, well, for say funny story, my ex-husband used to talk really, really slowly because he just that's how we talk. And he used to pause a lot. And oh my goodness, it used to drive me absolutely insane. I would just be like jumping at the bits of fill in the sentences and fill in the gaps. So that, if that's something you repeatedly find yourself doing, especially like in so social situations or inappropriate situations, could be a sign of ADHD. The brain fog, definitely. The not being able to concentrate, the deadline dancing, the leaving every single thing to the last minute possible and then really getting stressed out about that. You know, all of those things could potentially be a sign of ADHD. There's lots that goes into it. There's no one symptom and there's no definitive mm-hmm. test that they can do. They can't scan your head and go, oh, you've definitely got it. Mm. So it's a real combination of how you cope with different things, like like the deadline dancing, like the procrastination, you know, like the forgetfulness, like the talking too much, like the feeling like you have to constantly move around in your chair or get up when it's, you know, it perhaps in a meeting, you get out of your seat and, you know, in an inappropriate time, but you just can't sit still. All of that stuff could be signs of ADHD. And There are lots of online self-diagnosis tests you can do. I don't have one specifically to recommend you, but if you have a look at some of the ADHD charities around as an adult, that might give you some guidance as to whether you want to pursue a further diagnosis. I will say in perimenopause, and if you're the same age as me, I'm 46 and you're going through some hormonal changes, those hormonal changes and you start feeling like perhaps you're going bonkers and it's not just the hormones. It's it is actually proven that well, say proven, estrogen and dopamine are intrinsically linked as hormones and neurotransmitters in the body. If estrogen drops, the synthesis and reuptake of dopamine is reliant, or estrogen is part of that process. So less estrogen means less absorbed dopamine means our ADHD symptoms are just magnified hugely. And I think, especially if we have been masking our whole life, This level of what we will accept when you get to your mid 40s and and beyond, this kind of bullshit filter just drops away. We just haven't got time for it. So all of our symptoms come rushing out really at this point. And so there's no surprise that actually a lot of, especially females at this kind of age and above, like are being diagnosed with ADHD because it is being talked about more and it's being, you know, we're not necessarily seen as just hysterical hormonal change of life females, you know, we're or yeah. women, people with wombs, whatever. But that's essentially what we were, that's what we were called in the past. So, you know, if you are experiencing more of those symptoms or you can't manage them as well now, there could be a really, you know, a natural medical reason why. And it's worth pursuing the diagnosis for sure.
0: Yeah. And what would you say to somebody who's listening, who's listened to that and found themselves nodding at every single thing and they don't need to go and do a a diagnosis? They're pretty sure. Like what simple changes can somebody make to make life a bit easier whilst they readjust and and get used to?
1: So. good. Yeah, there's lots of things. I think educating yourself is one really big step. So if you do think that go and follow some ADHDers on Instagram, go and follow some ADHDers on LinkedIn. There's quite a lot of a community on there. Go and check out some of the adult ADHD charities that got information on helping yourself. I would say that is the first step. The second step as a business owner is you need to be kind to yourself and compassionate and just know that, sometimes planning your day can be quite hard, for example. So I'll give you this example. Planning your day can be quite hard because you think you can do a million and one things when actually you've really only got time for two or three things. So really thinking about actually what one thing can I get done today and then anything else is a bonus. So switching your mindset around that is a really good way of doing it little things around. If you procrastinate hugely, you can just make, you know, sometimes we'll find ourselves doing something completely different when we've got an important task to do. So mm-hmm. for example, my thing is cleaning. I'm not a massively house proud person, but if I've got something really important to do, I'll be there with a nail brush scrubbing the inside of the yeah. <laughs> I absolutely have to clean all the grout and all this kind of stuff. And I've accepted now that, that's not procrastination. That's part of my process. My process mm. is, my creative process, whatever it is, is to go and do some cleaning and release that, and release, you know, maybe I'm thinking and my brain is turning over before I do something else. And just that little flip of, okay, so it's not wrong. It's just how I work is yeah. really, really a good thing. But there's loads of tips and tricks out there for ADHDs. The thing is with ADHD as well, we're not all the same. There's not mm. one thing that works just for our, you know, this particular neurodiversity, there's every single one of us have its, you know, it's slightly different. We are slightly different and different yeah. things will work from us, but that self-acceptance, educating yourself, realizing that you will do things in short sprints, your attention won't last. So if you've got to get stuff done, don't think you're going to sit there for five hours doing the same thing. Mm. You know, yes, you can, that will happen sometimes. And then we forget to eat and go for a week and all that as well. But that's a whole other. (laughs) But just know that, you know, it's working in kind of shorter sprints and and really being kind to yourself over how you work. And it's a test and measure. We have to look at things and try new things out and see whether they work for us.
0: That's so good. And like I was listening and thinking that's exactly what I teach too like that's great advice for everybody that relationship that you have with yourself to know yourself really well and to accept yourself as you are and not try and pressure yourself to do things a certain way and to just follow your energy and allow yourself to be who you are without any resistance or I should be doing this kind of narrative no accept Mm -hmm. yourself as you are love yourself as you are and that's how you're going to get the best from yourself because you're not creating resistance resistance you're just allowing yourself to follow your energy like I am not somebody to go and do a whole bunch of cleaning but I definitely am somebody who has something on my to-do list but I will follow my energy and if I'm not feeling doing that now I trust that there's something that's going to come through that's going to be useful but it's not coming through right now so yes I might have a to-do list but I'm not a slave to that I follow my energy every single time so Whether I have a to-do list and it gets done or not, it doesn't matter because I trust in divine timing that I follow my energy and I run my day according to my energy and how I feel in each moment, Mm -hmm. like intuition and all the things. And every single time it pans out perfectly. And sometimes it's like, oh, so I don't make myself wrong for, in quotation marks, putting a task off because I trust that it's happening for a reason. And so like I follow every intuitive nudge. So maybe, for example, I might have had it on my to-do list to contact you, Abby, to get you on the show, maybe six or eight months ago. But it wouldn't be the conversation that we are having today. This is so, so powerful, the things that you are sharing. And six mm. or eight months ago, you wouldn't have been saying the same kind of things. That's like divine timing for me to just follow my energy and accept myself the way I am and to not put pressure. Like no push energy is happening here mm. whatsoever. And so exactly all the things that you just shared, it's great advice for ADHDers, but great advice for entrepreneurs,
1: yeah. everyone. I think yes definitely to not making yourself wrong. I think the difference with ADHD is actually we resist it but we thrive with some structure and the no. dif- you know sometimes to let us just have no structure at all leads to loads of overwhelm because we our no. brains just are they're just functioning differently. If you can create some kind of structure and routine, I hate structure and routine. I do not want to have structure and routine in my life. But I know that actually if I'm left to my own devices in too much in that flow state, mm. I'm just I don't get any anything, nothing at all. And it's <laughs> just and that's no good when you're running a business. You, you there are certain no. things you have to get done. Yeah.
0: I don't know, but I'm very much like that too. And that's why I lean so heavily on my two VAs. They are incredible. Yes. You know, they do so much in my business and my business would not be what it is today if I didn't hire that support because yeah. I follow my energy and that invariably means stuff doesn't get done. But I have a team yeah. who are incredible
1: to support me. That for so. you, which is perfect. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what you need if you're, because you need someone or something to give you structure and routine so that you can be your creative free-flowing, energy-following, intuitive self. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant.
0: This is such a good conversation. What's been the best thing to come out of being diagnosed with ADHD? Like having a label, not a label, but yeah. actually
1: being understood. I don't mind it being called a label. I'm totally down with that. I'm not somebody who rejects the thought of being labelled. I find it's actually a tool by which I can understand a little bit more about my own past and motivations and you know behavior and things. So the best thing that's come out of it, I think it's that self-acceptance. I think it's just make it's like the cogs all fit into place you know the kind of it just really made sense to me why. You know, certain things had happened to me and I behaved in certain ways, and it, to the point of actually being diagnosed and going through a grieving process afterwards. Mm-hmm. But in that kind of, you know, that first that kind of elation, then there was like the anger of like, why didn't anyone notice before? Then there was like the sadness of what could have been. And but it followed a real pathway of, of grief. But it, within that grief has come out this learning and this understanding and this new, massively new level of self-compassion that I've got for myself, which I I didn't have before. I just used to beat the hell out of myself for not doing the things that I thought I should be doing. And that word should is literally responsible probably for all of the burnout I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So that level of self-compassion, because I do think that you don't have to get a diagnosis. I mean, I personally don't medicate my ADHD. I have supplements and I look after my brain in other ways, but I think for me, it was just having that confirmation was so important to me and and meant a lot to me. And I think that for me has made my diagnosis 100% worthwhile, but I appreciate others on the same journey might not feel they need to follow that route either. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. And I have another question for you in terms of the energetics and okay. So just for the listeners, we get more of what we are, not what we want. And it's not the things that you do. It's the energy underneath the things that you do that matters. So in terms of how you've experienced your outer reality, Mm. what has shifted since you've been diagnosed with ADHD and you have learned to accept yourself in a way that you had never done before? What's shifted Um, for you?
1: I think what hasn't shifted, to be honest, I'm just going to, you know, it's my relationship. With my partner is better, my uh, relationship with my kids is better, my financial situation is better. My business is way more focused. I've recently launched a great program myself. I've reached, you know, I've got my, all the things I've been waiting to do and have been sitting on the sidelines. I've just stepped into this year. Yeah. I, I'm going to say there's nothing that hasn't shifted in myself. I feel like when I look at pictures of myself from like two years ago, I don't recognize that person. I mean, obviously it's me, but I don't yeah. really recognize the person I am. I feel like I can sense how unsure I was about everything and how yeah. unconnected to myself and I was look, you know searching just looking always at other people and looking for something that was outside of myself when really yeah. I just needed to like bring it on home to me and that's yeah. that it's just been magic it's the only way of describing it is kind of a, a marvel of energetic magic. Amazing so to paraphrase or confirm
0: then yeah old you was misaligned now you're living life in alignment right? Yes, completely. So what I'd like to just share, I don't know if I shared this on the podcast before, but I have this concept where you can picture your life or your business or both as a house, right? And everything in the house, every seat in the house is taken, it's full. Outside the house on the doorstep is everything that you desire, your business goals, your dreams, all of the things. They're out on the doorstep waiting to press the doorbell, but they know that the house is full. There's no space for them. And anything that is in the house taking up space that is misaligned is just basically taking up space and not allowing in things that could be better and more enjoyable, more fulfilling. So when you get rid of anything in your life that's not misaligned, and that could be like tangible stuff, like we're literally talking about clutter in your home, but also when you do your inner healing and you let go of stuff in the past, like you forgive yourself and you do all of that emotional, deep work you're creating space you are literally or you make changes in your life like relationship changes you make bold moves or you pivot a business that's no longer aligned all of those things you're creating space in the house those misaligned things are leaving the house and suddenly the people or the dreams on the doorstep will press the doorbell and they will come on in and you've just Mm. explained exactly that process of I'm starting to live my life in alignment and everything in my life has changed you create yeah, a space it, for it.
1: And Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these coaches that's going to sit here and say, my life is completely perfect. And I clicked my fingers and overnight, my whole life changed. And it was amazing. It is very much a work in progress. I mean, that's why they call it the inner work because it's just, you work yeah. at it. So yeah, it takes time and it takes you getting to the point where you are ready to make that change and sweep the house mm-hmm. and, you know, do that kind of energetic detox of stuff. It's big, but it, it comes, it comes to us all when we're ready and we're open yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been life-changing to hear this.
0: And also like, I, I don't know you from that long ago, but I have definitely seen a change in you in the past eight months. I, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. You're glowing. You weren't glowing back then. You are I glowing know. now. Abby.
1: That's yeah. Bit of a hot flash. No, day. no, I mean <laughs> your energy, Abby. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, I definitely, um, I do. I feel different. I feel it's hard to put words to that to, and say something tangible about it, but it is just a glow, like, and it's just an energetic rebalancing. I think, yeah, amazing,
0: so so good, so inspiring as well. Thank you so much for sharing so openly, and yeah, just sharing everything. Every word that you shared was valuable and. Inspiring, and yeah, I hope the listeners got as much from it as I did. Thank you.
1: Good, it's been so lovely. What's left for you to
0: say apart from a call to action? I'll come to that in a second,
1: but like in (laughs) terms of final bits of wisdom, what else was left unsaid, Abby? I think for anybody who's listening out there that feels they might be ADHD or they're really struggling with perimenopause symptoms, and it's kind of made them really question their whole existence, their relationships, who they are, what they want, their purpose, all of that. Just know that if you do turn in and off and you look at, you know, you really work through it, there is glowing, radiant amazement on the other side. But I tell you what, when that process starts to kick in, well, they call it the messy middle. It's like you turn Mm -hmm. into the goo of the caterpillar before it turns into a butterfly. So if you're feeling like you're goo at the moment, you just keep going because it will be all right on the other side. I promise.
0: Yeah. That's such a good thing to say for anybody doing inner work, isn't it? Because yeah, growth is hard. It's messy. It's not fun while you're in it, but just keep the faith that the light at the end of the tunnel is amazing. So yeah, yeah thank you for sharing. Abby, where can people connect with you? And what is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, um, probably the best place to connect with me is over on Instagram. It's uh, abbylemon.co, which we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, I also have a website, which is also abbylemon.co. So if you put that in, you'll probably find me there as well. And I do have, I recently recorded um, a masterclass for ADHD entrepreneurs. So I'll share a link to that. Because my background is in brand strategy, I'm all about helping you to leverage your unique brilliance as an ADHD and kind of bring together all your multi-passionate skills. And in this masterclass, I teach you how to do that and, and really kind of infuse that through your messaging and offers and things. So if you want it, it's in the show notes.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Abby. Good stuff. See See you soon. Bye. Bye. thank you for listening to the bigger than you podcast if you found it valuable please forward it to others who you think might benefit from listening and be sure to subscribe to get the new episodes when they release and if you're listening on itunes please leave a rating or a review as it really helps the show to grow you can find me on linkedin jenna holloway or on tiktok and instagram and my handle is at Jenna Holloway and you can find links to whatever we cover in the show notes thank you for listening and see you next time